historian, entrepreneur, and author Itai Tenenbaum is your guide for a behind-the-scenes tour of Israeli society and objective analysis of the key issues of the day for anyone who wants a deep and authentic look inside Israel. Welcome to the Inside Israel podcast. Three police cars were speeding along the north-south major highway in Israel known as Kvish Shish, in English, Road Number 6. The police vehicles were escorting a car with individuals belonging to an Arab crime family. They were fleeing their home city of Lod, very close to Tel Aviv. The police had indications that these individuals' lives were at stake due to a turf war with another crime family. One of the police cars noticed a suspicious vehicle speeding towards their convoy and started a pursuit. But this was a decoy. Another vehicle sped up and within seconds sprayed the escorta car with automatic fire. Two of the family members were fatally injured, including a young boy, age 15. In 2018, according to the police, a total of 116 Israeli citizens were murdered. The astonishing fact is that only 35 were Jewish, while the rest, 81, were Arabs, killed by other Arabs. Two years later, in 2020, 113 Arab Israelis murdered within their Arab community. 11 of those were killed in domestic violence, 26 of those killed were blood revenge, 41 of those killed were due to organized crime and turf wars. One of the people killed only a week before his wedding date. We still have about three months to the end of 2021, and 82% of all murders in Israel are Arab on Arab. To understand this phenomena, I've again invited Muhammad Drausche. Muhammad Drausche is the Director of Strategic Planning at Givad Chaviva, the Center for Shared Society in Israel. Mr. Darausha is considered a leading political analyst and expert on Jewish-Arab relations in Israel. Welcome, Mr. Darausha. Great pleasure, Itai, and happy to always be with you. One of the burning issues, maybe the most important issue right now currently, is the crime within the Arab community. We still have about three months to the end of 2021, and 82% of all murders in Israel are actually Arab on Arab. Less than 10 years ago, the Arab-Israeli society had very few murders within the community. Now it's an astonishing number. As a matter of fact, I think it last five to six years, the murders have doubled, and it's still growing. What is happening in the Arab community? It's a meltdown of uh, one of many of the social, old social values of how problems used to be solved. Uh, you used to have a patriotic, patriarchic system where the elders in the community used to have the respect and dignity to get involved and resolve problems. In the meanwhile, we we lost that old guard within the community. Parallel to this, certain group within the Arab community is moving very, very fast in the economic process. We're producing a lot of doctors, higher than our proportional rate, a lot of engineers, a lot of construction contractors. We're beginning to see people that succeed very, very well, and uh, yet, almost half of the population is left behind with poverty rate of almost 47% poverty rate. And there are no institutional solutions for that half. One half of the community is moving with light speed, call it modernization, call it Israelization, call it whatever. They're moving in light speed. My family, for example, my four kids are at university, the four of them, studying the best topics, most relevant topics to Israeli success stories. Many of my neighbors are not there. And as I said, it's almost half and half. Half is moving very fast in the success, and the other half is stuck behind where the Arab community itself is not able to provide solutions. You know, one half of the population cannot carry 47% poverty. It's simply too big of a burden, especially that this is mostly institutional issue. It's not incidental poverty. This is institutional poverty. Most of the poor are what we call internal refugees within the Arab community. 
people that their towns were demolished in 1948 and they became refugees in some of the remaining Arab towns and villages that did not have land. They do not have housing solutions. They are not part of the big dominant families that can provide some kind of a safety net. And they became very marginal socially and economically. And they're they're coming to a place of, I would say, disaster in, in their social economic reality that neither the state nor the local community nor the local institutions are able to resolve their problems. And they're exploding. And you see that most of the crime in the Arab community comes from marginal families in the towns and villages, from migrant families, not indigenous families in the towns themselves, but people that moved to those villages, either one of one of two migrations, one of 1948 migration, and second, those that came from the West Bank and Gaza after the Palestinian Authority was established. They were collaborators with the Israeli military in the West Bank and Gaza. They became Israeli because Israel wanted to protect them. They feel no connection to the Arab community. They have no communal responsibility to the Arab community, and they become the crime families, they produce a lot of crime. So we know most, I would say 90% of the crime comes from these two social groups. One group is social economic. The other group is completely detached group. It's interesting because according to the latest reports, only about 25% of the crimes are actually solved. And that might even be a high number. It might exactly be less than that. And this is obviously a very bad track record for the Israeli authorities, especially the police. Why do you think that is? And, and also, how can we combat this crime? What, what, what would be the suggestion that you would bring forth? And there are two reasons for that. One is lack of trust between the uh, police and the Arab citizens. If I go and complain about a criminal in my town, knowing that the police is not going to do anything with him, he's probably going to come for revenge. So I swallow my pride and I do, rep- do not report it. Or I try to find a solution within the social structures within the community and not involve the police. So this way, the police ends up with no information, and they do not solve the crime. So that's one reason. The second reason is the amount of resources that the Israeli authorities are providing. I was in a meeting at the president's office a few months ago, and the police representative was providing a report about how many resources are put in the Arab community. And if you quantify it per capita, the amount of money that or the amount of manpower that the police puts in the Arab community is usually about seven to one per capita, seven to Jewish population. Like take two towns, one with 1,000 inhabitants in the Jewish community and one with 1,000 inhabitants in the Arab community. You'll find seven more police officers per, in, in comparison to one Arab police officer in an Arab town. So it's resources. And I don't think this is a problem of the current government or the past government. This is a problem of the last 73 years of marginalization of the Arab community, negligence of the Arab community that allowed the space for this to happen. So what needs to, be, what needs to happen? First of all, equalize the amount of police officers. You know, I've never seen in my life, I'm 58 years of age, I've never seen in my life a police officer walking on foot in my village. They're always in their Jeeps. They're always in their pickup trucks, usually going with closed windows, going very fast, unless they're making an arrest of someone that they came deliberately to do. But to see them walking on their foot to help 
just to patrol or just to uh, show presence or just to help kids in the morning to cross the road. We do not have police services. We have police attempted control, but we do not have police services. So in order to gain trust, you need to provide police services. You need domestic policing and not just crime policing. And as long as the police does not provide domestic policing, trust level is going to remain very, very low. So I think the solution is, is the long-term solution is there. The short-term solution, if someone consults with me from the authorities, I can give him 90% of the names of the criminals. Almost every Arab political, social, municipal leader knows the names of 90% of the criminals. And Itai, if I know it, you can bet that the police authorities know it. They need to crack on those crime families as they did in Natanya, as they did in Batyam, as they did in places that those criminal groups took power and, and tried to control the populations. Crack them once, twice, three times, then they'll learn the lesson. Mr. Doralcio, I wanted to thank you again for all of your insights. Happy to always be with you. From the research that I've done and all of the reports from different Israeli authorities, Mr. Darausha is absolutely correct. The main reasons for violence in the Arab society are, one, insufficient police presence in Arab localities, two, the lower socioeconomic situation of the Arab population, three, widespread unemployment, especially among young men and women, and four, the changes in the Arab society moving from traditional patriarchal society to modernity. Israeli government officials grasped that over the years, the police attitude towards the Arab citizens has been inadequate and unequal. At the same time, Arab society recognized that violence and crime have been a strategic threat that severely harms their social makeup, their community, and frankly, their personal life. Both the government and the Arab public recognize that without cooperation based on trust between them, it will not be possible to fight crime effectively. But as far as much of the Arab leadership is concerned, it is strictly a government matter to deal with. And obviously, this isn't really so. One of the main demands is to significantly increase police presence. The Arab community complains, rightfully so, that police presence is light at best. Mr. Darausher spoke of the disproportionate number of police officers in the Jewish community versus those in the Arab community. But the issue is more complicated since there's a dire need to recruit Arab and Arab-speaking police officers. This must happen and it must happen soon. Currently, when police officers attempt to enter Arab villages and towns, not only are the villages and town people not cooperative, but often masses gather, violence erupts against the police, and a minor crime incident snowballs into a political confrontation between the Arab community and the state institutions. The police is viewed as untrusted authorities and cooperation with the police can be viewed as treacherous. In the mixed population city of Akko or in the Arab town of Khura or in Um al-Fakhim, police stations and buildings were set on fire. In Lod, an attempt was made to set fire to a police building as well. Police officers who came to Dir al-Assad, a village in the Upper Galilee, following the illegal use of weapons during a party or a wedding, were attacked and their police car was set on fire. Last weekend, a report came in about a man being held by vigilantes in the office of the town municipality building in a place called, a town called, Kfar Qasim. Officers were sent to check it out. Upon arrival, the officers were attacked by the so-called vigilantes, who actually worked for the city hall as crime watch. It turns out that they belonged to a Muslim movement, and they were taking the law into their own hands. They acted as the police, the judges, and the execution or punishment 
Only after more officers were sent, the vigilantes were subdued and arrested. More and more of these crime watch slash vigilantes are popping up in the Arab communities and hence the immediate need for Arab Muslim police officers that would uphold the law enacted by the state of Israel. But thus far, success is not great. And this is mainly due to the Arab leadership and community. Arab society is far from encouraging, and that's an understatement, to serve in the Israeli police force. There's no magical formula that will reduce Arab crime. The Arab leadership must rise to the occasion, deepen the involvement, and significantly increase trust in Israeli police. The last polls show that 70% of the Arab public believes the time has come for a war on violence and they are ready to support it. This will take time, but it is clear the community is yearning to live in a safe environment. The claim that the crime families took up crime because they were detached from their original villages in 1948 and hence they are not indigenous to where they currently live, to me, that sounds very problematic. 1948, not indigenous? It's been 73 years. That's three generations. Perhaps there's a real need to no longer use the word non-indigenous. Of course, these families are not going to care for the community if they're considered non-indigenous, or in other words, not really at home or not really welcome. That too has to come from within the Arab community. It isn't simple because the Arab community is still very tribal, but it is absolutely necessary. Just yesterday, October 3rd, the government adopted the work plan of Deputy Minister of Internal Security, Yoav Singalovich. The plan includes a full cooperation between the police, the National Security Council, the Shin Bet, which is the Israeli Internal Secret Service, the Public Prosecutor, the State Attorney's Office, the Tax Authority, the Anti-Money Laundering Authorities, and even the Israeli Defense Forces, due to the fact that most of the weapons in the Arab sector are stolen from the Israeli Defense Forces. The plan also calls for the Ministry of Justice to suggest a series of laws that will provide additional measures to law enforcement agencies in dealing with crime, including setting minimum penalties for carrying and trafficking illegal weapons. Israel Prime Minister Naftali Bennett said, and I quote, The state of violence in Arab society has reached a red line. The government sees this issue very seriously. The Arab public must understand that the security forces are not the enemy. They are the solution, not to blame the state, but to give it a hand. End of quote. This will absolutely take time, but it's been done before. Israeli authorities cracked down on Jewish Israeli mafia families in major cities some years ago, and the same type of crackdown will begin soon in the Arab community, and we will keep you posted. If you like Inside Israel podcast, please share with others. You can access all of our episodes on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon podcasts, and more. You can also access all of our episodes on InsideIsrael.fm. Israel.fm.